0: Welcome to Marketing for a Digital World, a podcast series introducing students to a variety of marketing professionals as they share practical career advice, examples, and stories from their careers to help students deepen their understanding of foundational marketing theory and practice. These episodes are hosted by British Columbia Institute of Technology professor Tracy Renzullo and are a key feature within the new interactive textbook of the same name authored by Scott Erickson the Charles A. Dana Professor and Chair of Marketing in the School of Business at Ithaca College. New podcast episodes are available for free each week during the 2022-23 academic year, providing listeners with thought-provoking and movement-enabling content that can be absorbed on the bus, at the gym, or walking between classes. Marketing for a Digital World is produced by Flip Learning, a publisher of exciting new books for undergraduates, authored exclusively by professors who have won major teaching awards. For more information about this new introductory marketing textbook, as well as our other titles, please click the link or go to fliplearning.com.
1: So Stephanie, let's move a bit into data because data is so intertwined with understanding your customer. And you talked before about your strength with respect to numbers and understanding data. And more importantly, using that data to be super helpful from a marketing perspective. So can we talk a little bit more about the data that you feel is most important to collect? You know, how you collect that data and how you use that data, because there is such a thing as too much data. There's so much information out there. So how do you narrow down what's really important? And I'm sure that takes time
2: it takes time and I think it depends on what it is that, that you're doing that you need data for.
1: Mm-hmm. The,
2: the, the counsel I give on data is, especially as a marketer is, you know, let, let data kind of lead and guide, but you gotta be careful not to get stuck in analysis paralysis because if you spend all your time analyzing data and looking constantly and digging and digging, digging for the answer, you're never going to get anything out the door and the best data is actually just pure results. So use the data to maybe narrow in and figure out what it is you wanna test and go after and try, and then read the results on that and put it into market. Um, At least in my world where I can do digital marketing and I can put things live in the app, I can do a lot of email and push notification, testing and SMS and all that where I can actually get results. If you're doing something like different forms of advertising, you're gonna maybe have a little bit of a longer tail to read data and performance. You might have to make a lot of inferences. It really depends on, on the channel Mm -hmm. Um, the one thing I would say is before you do any marketing tactic is think about, am I going to get any data back from this? And what is the data I need to be able to analyze it, to be successful? A lot of times what happens is I see there's a lot of marketing tactics that are put out, especially in, in non-digital, you know, non one-to-one and, you know, even think about I'm going to, I'm going to do it, you know, a a tactic on social media, but there hasn't been any thought to, well, how are we going to measure this? Are we just going to measure it based on the number of people that interact? Are we going to figure out how it had an impact to sales? Like you kind of need to go in and say, or are we just saying we're doing this for fun and we're not going to be able to measure it? Like you have (laughs) to have, you have to have some sort of, you know, thinking about that up front. Um, In all of my jobs I've ever had, I've gotten a mix of daily reporting. um, I've gotten a mix of weekly, monthly, and quarterly. And, you know, my daily reporting is just, uh, how am I trending any red flags? Like did some, did, for some reason, did like no one go to the mobile app yesterday? Did nobody interact with the loyalty program, right? Did nobody like, you just get your daily reporting as like a pulse, like it's like quick. So you don't want too much data because so you can't read too much data on a daily basis. Like something every, every morning for 10 minutes I can look at, okay, like trends, then your weekly reporting is a, is a is a view on that in terms of, okay, are, are things going well or not well? And then when you get to your monthly and your quarterly reporting is where you're really starting to package up all the data to think about your strategic plans and what needs to change. Mm. But in the type of business I run, you cannot wait for monthly or quarterly reporting because you can't be blind to what is happening. Like you need to know on a daily basis, you know, are things trending okay? Um, And that's a mix of both quantitative. And then I try to get a little bit of qualitative feedback as well. In my area, I'm always looking at things like app reviews and, you know, customer feedback that they put in the mobile app, Um, just to kind of real time hear what happened. Did we run a promotion yesterday and they're confused going on social media and, and seeing feedback? Because, you know, if I have to wait for maybe a customer care team to package up, hey over the course of the month here's everything we heard it's too late i, I need so some of it can just be anecdotal like there's no stats like i can tell uh, there's chatter on social about this and people are confused i don't need any report mm-hmm. so you know data takes takes many forms but i counsel all marketers think analytically but also think fast and and make a decision and if it doesn't work pivot and fix it later it's, there is such a thing as You know the fail fast and fantastic failures within reason right how much are you spending and is it okay if it doesn't work the great news is when you work in things like membership and digital marketing and and direct mail it's a testing it's a testing discipline and so you are meant for things not to work that's why you test i had a great leader at american express and I remember he would, you know, every week we'd have our staff meeting and we'd ask people to talk about what are your wins of the week and what are your fantastic failures? Because he said, if everything you test does well, you are not being aggressive enough. You have to say what didn't work because it shows you're, you're pushing the needle and pushing your thinking.
1: Yeah. That's great piece of advice. I love that, fantastic failures. So do you have an example of maybe something that you tried at Duncan that didn't work? Yeah, I mean,
2: there's a lot of things. We've tried a lot of promotions, you know, that didn't work, that consumers found confusing. Um, you know, we've launched maybe features in the app that, that we needed to redesign, um, you know, you know that, that they found confusing. You know, if we're going to make a big enhancement, we've done the research up front to know this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes where you need to pivot is in the devil is in the details, right? When you talk about designs, language is confusing. Sometimes you need to, you need to walk, you need to walk those those things back. Um, so you have to look at again, what is the risk, right? Versus the versus the the reward. Um, but there's just too many to count. I mean, you know, we're always trying things and some of them work, some of them don't. And every month I review with my team all the stuff that we've done. And I ask them for traffic lights, red, yellow, green. Red was this promotion hit all of our metrics, did great. Green is. hit some of our kpis and not others and red was new we do we would not repeat this and i get suspicious when i see a powerpoint of all greens Um, i like to see a mix because i like to see i want to know i want to know what consumers don't like so so we don't we don't repeat it
1: Mm -hmm. now can you um give a bit of an example maybe um stephanie of how what you've learned from a specific campaign it could be any campaign where there was a key piece of data that you learned something new that gave you some kind of insight into making that campaign better in the future something maybe that you had a hunch of that you know you were able to actually go back and see that that in fact was the case or maybe that wasn't the case at all something you thought about a customer or a customer group that didn't prove to be true, or that you thought, wow, that is something amazing that we didn't know before.
2: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things for a brand like Duncan is everyone comes in the morning. And we really wanted, you know, trying to drive people who came in the morning can we get them to come a second time and come in the afternoon for sort of like an afternoon mm-hmm. coffee break? It was, a, it was a really big opportunity for us. Um, so we developed some promotional ideas um, to say, how do we get people to come in the afternoon? So the first time we tested, we just ran an afternoon promotion and said, Hey, come in the afternoon. And, you know, um, then you could get some sort of discount. And it did, it did. Okay. It did. Okay. Not great. So then what we decided to do was say, well, wait a minute, like maybe we're casting too wide a So to my point about segmentation before, If we're sending out a promotion to people who maybe only come to Duncan, you know, maybe once on the weekends, trying to get them to now come in the afternoon during the week is just too far of a stretch. So instead what we narrowed in and said, okay, we're going to run a promotion and say, if you come to Duncan in the morning, then we will get you a bounce back the same day to come back in the afternoon with a much richer discount. So we narrowed in the audience so we could give a a richer discount. And that was really effective because we were targeting people that we knew were already loyalists coming in in the morning, but we knew didn't come in in the afternoon. Mm. And they came in in the morning and they bought and they immediately got a you know push notification and email from us that said, hey, show up this afternoon, you can get X. And that was really great about driving the, the bounce back behavior, um, meaning, hey, there's something here we can entice people to come back you know, it's, 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 you know, allowed us to sort of noodle ideas. Should we have everyday afternoon benefits for the program? For example, it sort of has sparked, okay, mm-hmm. like there's a learning here. What else, what else can, can we, can we do with it to try to drive some afternoon behavior? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an example I think of, of where like we did something and we were like, okay, let's, let's kind of keep going. We're gaining some learnings here. Um, which was a, you know, and it was a, it was a good learning for the team
1: so earlier you talked about when somebody presents an idea to you one of the things that you need to know is what information are you going to be collecting as part of this campaign so thinking ahead using this particular example what sort of metrics were you looking at to determine whether this was going to be successful or whether you needed to change it up as you did just explain
2: Yeah. So we needed to know, okay, well, we obviously knew you came in in the morning, but we need to know when you came in, in the morning, what is it that you bought? And then when you came in, in the afternoon, what is it that you bought? Um, meaning for example, are you someone who comes in in the morning and just buys a single cup of hot coffee? Or are you someone who comes in the morning and you buy a coffee, a sandwich and a hash brown? And then when you came in, in the afternoon, well, did you actually buy coffee or did you end up buying a donut? Um, did you buy a coffee and a donut, right? So getting actually the purchasing behavior out of that was key because if we found that everyone who came in the afternoon actually didn't end up getting maybe a drink, they ended up getting like a donut, for example, well, then you want, when you repeat this promotion, you want the hook to be more around food and not necessarily around drink. If the vast majority of people, when they came back in the afternoon, we're seeing just are buying exactly what they bought in the morning that is actually really key insight. So we needed to make sure that we had the data that I wasn't just understanding who came in the afternoon and how much they spent, but what were they buying? We also were interested in did they order ahead on the app or did or or not. And what we found is there are a lot of people that they order ahead in the morning to skip the line because the lines are really long in the morning. But in the afternoon, you don't need to order ahead because the stores are not that crowded. So people are fine kind of just talking to the crew in the afternoon. So that insight in that is, well, don't make it an order ahead, only promotion in the afternoon, or don't give someone, you know, hey, you can earn an extra bonus points if you order ahead because the customers don't want to order ahead in the afternoon. And I don't need them to order ahead because there's not long lines. And so there's like, if they want to talk to the crew, let them talk to the crew. So there's stuff like that in terms of, you know, how they ordered, um, did they go through drive-through? Did they walk in, what they bought, the products they bought, um, you know, the time that they came. Cause, you know, afternoon can be noon to five o'clock. So when we first ran the promotion, we kept it very broad. We said, just come in after 11. Cause we wanted to see when people came in. And the vast majority of people came in between the noon and 1.30 time. So that's really key because that means, well, if you're going to repeat that promotion, you don't want to make it from like two to five because the vast majority. So, you know, start broader and then figure out how do you narrow it in to make the promotion more profitable? Hmm. If you start, if we had started the promotion and said, we're going to run it, that you need to come in in the afternoon from, you know, one to two the promotion we might've thought didn't do as well. Well, it didn't do as well. Why? It didn't do as well because it was too narrow. You're better off kind of casting a wider net, collecting the data and then refining.
1: Absolutely. And thinking about time of day, that's closer to lunchtime where people would be coming in. So then, yeah, you're right. It may be, the focus is more on food and not so much on coffee.
2: Right. And we had a hypothesis. So as an example, before we started the promotion, our analytics team gave us data that said, hey, loyalty members that do come in the afternoon, here's how they trend. So we had an hypothesis that it would be during this time, but we still wanted to just, let's cast a wide net and see what happens.
1: Mm -hmm. Testing, as you say, the value of testing and tweaking and testing again, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Stephanie, thinking about all of this data that you have on your existing customers, how can you use that data to go out and acquire new customers, are there specific things that you know are going to help you be more successful in new business based on what you know about your existing business?
2: I mean, absolutely. We know we know that um, in a, you know for some of our brands, you know to get some to get somebody in, it typically has to be you know, you know, is there a product that very much interests interest them. So we take all the data we have to say what are the type of products we should be we should be using when we're doing acquisition marketing, for example, right? Um, in a case like Dunkin', is it donuts versus coffee? Um, you know, in a case like Arby's, what type of sandwich are you showing? In Sonic, is it you know is it drinks? Right? Um, you you want, you want to think about that. You also want to think about the channel you're in. So if you're doing let's say a billboard. In a TV commercial, you might have very different type of language and marketing than you're talking about if you're on social media or digital marketing. And so it actually might end up being different. And that's something my team works very closely with. Depending on the channel that we do, the acquisition marketing is our messaging could be very, very different. Um, and we, again, take all of our past learnings and performance to eventually you know, figure out what works. Uh, We can do a lot of sort of marketing on Facebook ads and, you know, do, you know, a lot of permutations to decide what works. Mm -hmm. And then from that, you can sort of use that across a lot of digital channels, right? You can sort of use, you know, Facebook as a good, as a good testing ground uh, for that. Um, So it's, it's constantly evolving. um, And, you know, you just have to know your business, you know, what is successful? What makes your business successful? acquire customers for what makes your business successful, Mm -hmm. right? All your existing customers, what are they buying? What do they love about your brand? That's what you should generally be using to acquire new customers. You know, I always say we don't, we don't go, we don't go, you know, too niche or too broad. You know, it'd be nice to know, well, this prospect is really more of an espresso drinker and not a hot coffee drinker. Or this person's an ice drinker versus hot. This person is into donuts. Like it would be helpful if I knew all that information to get your marketing exact. And we're heading there that we can do that. But do I have to do that? Not necessarily. I can probably just have an ad that shows an espresso drink and a hot coffee and a donut and show all three and be covered. So, you know, again, you have to, you have to sort of look at the business that you're in. And again, I'm talking in our world, we only have, you know, you know, you know, you know, 50 products. If you're a retailer and you have millions and millions of products and dozens and dozens and dozens of category lines, this answer would be very different mm. because now you don't want to be showing someone marketing for lawnmowers when all they care about is fashion, right? It, the, the bar is much higher. Um, same thing when I was at Starwood, you know, you don't want to maybe show someone beach photos when they're all into skiing or vice versa, mm-hmm. right? So it it, de- it definitely, it definitely depends Um, on the brand, you know, how, how fine you need to go with this.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. So given all that information, Stephanie, collecting all of this data and storing data on customers, can we talk a little bit about the privacy side of that? Because there is so much out there about trying to protect consumers' privacy. So what lengths do you go to, to collect information and balance that with, a customer's right to their privacy and really is there such a thing once somebody downloads a mobile app is it just sort of free for all or are there limitations around what you're collecting
2: well i mean one we have we make sure we're all in compliant we have all of our our legal terms and you know we do ask permission to market to you um you know to send you emails or push notifications or 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 any of that and we're only collecting in our mobile app the level of information that, that we're very upfront about what we're collecting. If we're asking you, obviously, we need your phone number for security purposes. We don't sell that information, but we do need it for security purposes for multi-factor authentication. Um, we like to know it's optional, but we like to know your zip code because so then we can serve you up offers that are that are in your region. So, you know. We're not, in, in, in my world, we don't collect you know, home address, for example, because we, we don't need that. I'm not sending you your, um, your direct mail. There's a lot of information out there across a variety of third parties that have a lot of information about customers around your interest and what you like to buy. And that third party data is available. Um, but you know, it's a matter of, is it useful or, or not to you? But the data we collect, we're absolutely upfront about what we collect. And taking it a step further you know there are there are consumer protection laws that consumers can call us at any time and say i would like my data completely Mm -hmm. stripped and and we will completely strip all their data from our system if they would like if they would like to so um, you know same thing i mean that's why when we're all on websites and we have that you have to accept cookies right at the moment because you basically have to consent to yes i know you're sort of tracking where i'm clicking and looking and that information is used obviously for for remarketing purposes but consumers are now are now given a choice.